live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Greg Matzik. Greg Matzik, Adam Roberts with you until 9 o'clock tonight. Greg Hill producing the program. Debbie, of course, with an eye on the roads. And it's a celebratory day. Time to break out the beads and get those last bites of king cake in. Yeah, Mardi Gras begins today, French for Fat Tuesday. It's also called Shrove Tuesday, Carnival Tuesday, and for some reason, Pancake Tuesday. Yeah! You have anything to do with that? I'm sure I pushed some narrative yeah, at some point. How much weight do you have to pull around for naming holidays? It's a great question. More than you think. No matter the name, it's a day of revelry. Parades all going off in New Orleans. There's parties, of course, gastronomic indulgence. How many boxes of Punsky have rolled through this studio in the last 20 minutes? So I've got my little red tote where I brought the ones I got from Scortino's. I actually pre-ordered, and I remember in our show meeting, you kind of raised an eyebrow, but I don't know. I just like to get ahead of the masses that we saw this morning. Julian out at National Bakery. I do know that he brought back a box. It was... uh, at least partially torn into already. I so. may or may not have inhaled one. All right. Which, now, did you know the, the, the filling before you, you bit was, into it, Deb? It was red, so I figured it was raspberry, and it was. Okay, so that Good can guess. throw you off because it could be it prune, can, could, too. It could be strawberry and stuff like that, but you could see it kind of coming out of the side a little bit. So okay. you can see that it was red. You can see some of them that are darker brownish colors, which I would imagine other prunes. But Okay, so I don't like prunes. I, I would be delighted with raspberry. I would be disappointed in prune. And How then do you feel, feel like about I'm, dried plums? I know. I don't know. <laughs> I am off prunes at this point in my life anyway. So I, Where, I, Was there a time you were on the prune? I, no, not at all. But the, the raspberry seems appealing to me. That, that seems delicious. Mm-hmm. So like I it, said, I think I inhaled it, and I don't know if I chewed. Okay, well, good enough. It is the uh, last day of the carnival season, so you get this six-week period of partying around the globe, right? New Orleans, Venice, Rio. That's where you want to be if parades are your thing. Uh, But, of course, this was a holiday rooted in religious tradition. It's become this cultural phenomenon. Have you ever been to Mardi Gras, Adam? I have not, and uh, specifically not the one in New Orleans. I've never even been to New Orleans, period. Okay. We kind of had one in Spain because we had... Well, actually, that that was Holy Week, so it was at the end of Lent. So there was celebration that then. So, so Spain can turn it out. They'll, they'll party for any so reason. So can Martinique, mm-hmm. I might add, by the way. <laughs> Rio does a, a big celebration around this time of year. Scantily clad women. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. In uh, New Orleans, where it just kind of stinks uh, all year long. <laughs> it just sort of does. I've been to Mardi Gras before. It is... It is overload. Have you like, looked at is... the, the live feed? There's like a live camera on like the main street in New Orleans. Yeah, so they have that up and running year long. Oh, wow. You, okay. you can always check out what's happening on Bourbon Street. There there are Bourbon Street live cams, which is about as silly as you might imagine, given <laughs> yeah, the day or weekend. <laughs> uh, but but Mardi Gras will make you feel like you've had a concussion in mono after like two days. Like you just, you don't feel right after a full day or a week at Mardi Gras. That's a terrible thought that just went into my head of having both of those at the same time. Yes, that, that's what a trip to New Orleans for Mardi Gras is going to feel like. Now, I've been there twice for Mardi Gras, and, and it's a bit much. And it was in a working capacity, so I was not among the partiers. I was among those sort of working and just sort of taking in what I was able to see. Uh, it's a scene, man, like you might expect. It's an absolute scene. Then they've got these street washers that come down 
uh, the middle of Bourbon Street at usually sometime between midnight and 1. And then everybody has to go into a place. And then as soon as they push through with their street sweepers, everybody comes back out onto the road. Does it really do anything, though? Uh, it does. It, okay. it it carries away a lot of the debris, the beads, uh, the vomit, uh, the inner's, uh, random liquids that just sort of find their way out of dumpsters onto the road in New Orleans. So I've got the live camera up right now as they're going through the parade route and uh, a pretty solid turnout. I will say weather a little bit uh, chilly in New Orleans this morning. It's about 48 degrees uh, per the TV station that's carrying this report. Now, of course, we it's like, well, whatever, but you, know, you go to... Southern U.S. this time of year, or at least hoping for 50s, I would say. That's a little chilly for uh, New Orleans, as you mentioned. The parades are, are all going throughout the day. Uh, do you have like a Bourbon Street cam in front of you? I do. Okay. Yeah, be careful with that on our live stream. You yes. never know what's going <laughs> to flash its way right through. Tasteful right now. Tasteful right now. Tasteful right now. So, yes. Uh, so, there you go. You, you got Fat Tuesday going on right now. Get out, enjoy some punchkis. Of course, the eve of Ash Wednesday and then the beginning of the Lenten season. And, of course, fish fry season coincides with that. So, enjoy. Enjoy everything that it brings here, the Mardi Gras season. So weather has been a hot point of discussion here over the last week plus Really, month plus, uh, the lack of snow is really hurting things up in the North Woods. Of course, the tornado that rolled through Evansville last week, that was a scary situation. Never been through anything like that in the state of Wisconsin in the month of February. So things are happening here in the state. Things are happening out east with a nor'easter bearing down on the east coast. They're supposed to have massive snowfalls out of the Boston area and in New York. And this is on the heels of some record rainfall in the Los Angeles area uh, the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So much so that just outside Los Angeles, in Dana Point, there are homes, beautiful homes that are, you know, perched on cliffs overlooking the ocean. Gorgeous. Well, you've had an issue here. So this $16 million mansion is on the verge of falling off a cliff and into the ocean in Dana Point. There's a couple other million-dollar homes, multi-million-dollar homes in danger as well. Over the weekend, we've got a huge landslide next to three large homes on Phoenix Drive. Basically, they're just three estate-style homes right on the bluff just outside of Dana Point in the harbor. And you can see how much of the hillside gave way. Uh, Building and safety, it's unclear if they've been out here yet to assess the hillside. It's unclear if these homes will be red-tagged, but certainly we're going to get more rain next week. And if we do, and more of this hillside does give way, these homes could be in jeopardy. Okay, that's a reporter from ABC7 in Los Angeles. He was in a helicopter looking at the situation. What had happened is so much rain had fallen that this cliff just sort of slid. It just lost a a, a chunk of the front-facing facade of this cliff. So much so that it's it's basically right in the backyard, essentially, of three different homes that are sit atop, sitting atop this cliff. And they have not yet said, you must evacuate. You don't have to get out. I don't know why. I've seen the pictures. It looks awful. But these homes are serious jeopardy of falling into the ocean. So my first thought, Greg, and this is as someone who we have Lake Michigan, and if you're familiar, there's certainly some areas where it's a pretty fall, a pretty far fall from the top all the way down towards the shoreline. My first thought is, how are these homes allowed to be built so close to these giant cliffs? But then you think Southern California, they're not exactly used to 
inches and inches of heavy rain eroding at this rock. And so, you know, once in a generation sort of flooding situation. And yeah, suddenly those homes, which I'm looking at some of the shots from ABC7, they are right on the edge of these cliffs. They are, it's like you take one step off of your porch and you are down in the ocean. I'm not hanging out at that house. Ooh. I'm out. Like there, there is no way. So this reminds me of I'm gonna forget the year here. Maybe 2008, where there was you know massive rainfall in the Dells area, and a Lake Delton home just washed away. I they remember that. Gone. I just, remember and seeing this, the video footage of it just floating down the Wisconsin River. This whole big house. It's not like just a houseboat or whatever. It was a whole house just. Right down the river. It just disappeared. So a similar situation here where you've got the, the erosion of a cliffside and the Lake Delton home was, you know, it was on a, I don't, I wouldn't say cliff. It was perched up, but nowhere near the, the distance from floor to the base as you're looking at in California. I, this is a significant issue with multi-million dollar homes, as I mentioned. Now, here's another thing that I went back and did a little bit of digging on. I think it's about a year ago. State Farm Insurance made national headlines about a year ago when it said they would stop selling new home insurance policies in California. Done. We're not going to do it. We're just not going to do this. Because you've got multiple issues like this. You've got these random landslides, these, these incredible rains where the water just, it, where does it go? You've got the wildfires to the point where one of the largest insurance providers in the world has decided to back out. It's like 20% of their policies are in California, for goodness sakes. And they decide that they're going to be out of the business of new home policies in the state of California. really makes you think because you have to imagine their eggs for years and years were always in the basket of earthquake insurance because it's so common that people don't even twitch anymore when there's a 4.0 magnitude earthquake in California. And now as we've seen wildfires in the last few years, like you mentioned, and now this is did they just kind of realize their pants are down around their ankles? Like, whoa, okay, yep, we're not ready for all of these filings that are likely to come in over the next few years. We're out. If you've not seen the the video of this, like the the homes that are just, I, I mean, it is it is a situation here. I would be extremely nervous. A sixteen million dollar mansion on the verge of falling off a cliff and into the ocean in Dana Point, California, because of the erosion of this cliff. Some never people, seen anything like it. Some people are co- coming into the WTMJ talk and text line, remembering that, uh, reminding us that that was when a dam broke in Lake Delton, and there was that sudden rush of water from the dam breaking. Now it had something to do with high rain, as I remember, but there was a little bit was of that, an extra element at play too. Was that when the lake emptied out completely? Yeah, I it believe rained. So. Yeah. Like it was just—it was, it was incredible. I, it was one of the most impactful videos I remember seeing. It, it's so vivid in my mind. This goes this house right down the lake. Like, what is happening? Uh, so be mindful, right? No snow here. Not great in the state of Wisconsin, as we talked about with spear fishing and, of course, everything going on in the North Woods that they're not able to do that they typically do. The livelihood of so many. With snowmobile shops, ice fishing, whatever, what people like to do, you're not able to do it so much because of what's happening in Wisconsin. Meanwhile, they're getting all the snow they need and more uh, out on the East Coast. And now you got mansions ready to fall off a cliff in California. Unbelievable. Insane. Day 28 on WTMJ.
Craig Mance again. I'm Roberts with you. It is the Tuesday edition of Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Hill producing the program. So record ratings for the Super Bowl. Not a surprise. Jackpot, Kansas City! And a jackpot for the Super Bowl ratings. The NFL game on CBS, the most watched Super Bowl in history, which also makes it the most watched airing of a TV program in history. On CBS streaming and various channels, 123.4 million people tuned in, according to CBS, in the first numbers compiled by Nielsen and Adobe Analytics. Last year's game between the Eagles and the Chiefs was the previous ratings champ this year's numbers seven percent higher jason athens in abc news well when you're on oh, like right. 10 different networks uh, doesn't that help uh, increase the yeah, ratings I, I wonder how much of that is factored in by okay is this all like cbs nickelodeon all the extra broadcasts or is this just the main broadcast it, it's everything so according to nielsen and adobe analytics the game garnered 123.4 million viewers on average, across television and streaming platforms. So that just destroyed last year's mark of $115 million. So the game was on CBS. The game is on Nickelodeon and Univision and also streamed on Paramount+, Plus, as well as the NFL's digital platforms. And Nielsen said a record 202.4 million watched at least part of the game across all networks. So that's about a 10% jump from last year alone. Now, the game was great, too, by the way. Sure. Uh, last year's game was fine. This year's game was kind of meh in the first half, and then it got really interesting and exciting down the end, and then, of course, went to overtime. Like, your your interest may have peaked, but you likely stayed with it into the second half as things got a little dicier. I'm going to be honest. Missed the first quarter completely. I was, I was kind simply of doing something else. It was kind of boring. So the CBS broadcast itself averaged $120 million. Uh, the network's next best mark for most-watched Super Bowl was $112 million. This goes back to 2016. So now you're including all these other platforms and all these other ways to watch. It, it does get me to wonder. I, I don't know if this will ever happen with the Super Bowl, but I didn't think it would ever happen with a playoff game where it essentially became, if you don't have Peacock, you're not able to watch this playoff game unless you're in the home market of the teams playing. And I think that was Kansas City and Miami. So it was a a stream-only playoff game, which gets you to wonder, will the Super Bowl at any point be a pay-per-view event? Well, WWE's been doing it forever and a day with WrestleMania. So I absolutely... Now, I think Fox has the Super Bowl for next year in New Orleans, and to my understanding, it's just Fox and the Fox Sports app where you'll be able to watch it, both of which are free for people to access at any time. But absolutely, I mean, I don't know what the next time NBC has the Super Bowl when it goes through the network cycle, but if it's a couple of years down once Peacock and all of these extra streaming services are more solidified in their live sports offerings, 100%. Now, the question becomes... If they offer it through both, if you have NBC doing it on one channel and you have Peacock doing it on another and they're going to charge, well, you figure you have to be giving people some sort of incentive to be willing to pay for something that's already free, you would think. Yeah, so the way it worked with the playoff game, and this was Kansas City and Miami, so you could watch that game on Peacock. So if you went to a you know sports bar or restaurant, they would have had to have been Peacock subscribers in order to see that game, unless... That bar or restaurant or your home was in Kansas City or Miami. So the way the NFL rules work when it comes to television broadcasting is you always have to make the game available in the local market on a non-paid-for service, right? So your local channel, your local NBC affiliate, your local CBS affiliate, don't have to worry about cable, don't have to subscribe to a streaming service to get it. That's only in your home market, however. Right. 
Now, in the state of Wisconsin, there are two home markets for the Packers, mm-hmm. one of the only teams that has two home markets, Green Bay and Milwaukee. So I, there would have to be a massive shift in how the NFL works with its broadcast rules to eliminate that opportunity for home market to watch on whatever service you choose. You don't have to pay for it if you don't want. And this stuff, as we know, can move slow as molasses sometimes. We've seen oh, with for sure. Diamond Sports and Bally's, that's been stretched out for over a year now, and that's still not resolved. So, so I mean, who knows? It is getting to that point. I never thought I'd see a playoff game yanked off of just regular TV. I remember thinking to myself, maybe I'll just pay the $6 or whatever and get this. And I thought, no, I'm going to fight no. back against the machine. <laughs> good for you, because I didn't do it either. It really wasn't that good of a game either. Yeah. It's 843 on WTMJ. I got a bar owner from Texas weighing in uh, on the text line, or not from Texas. I don't know why I said that. Just uh, a heads up, I'm a bar owner. We are not allowed to stream Peacock legally at our bar for the public. So one of those things. So if you were out and about that night of the playoff game and you were wondering, why aren't they showing this thing? Uh, Because they couldn't. Hmm. Because they couldn't legally stream Peacock for the public. You could do that on your own individual thing. If you really wanted to shut the bar down, I suppose you could... One lonely bartender sitting with the giant TVs you have in a sports bar, just lonely watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know how well that's policed. Isn't that like every year you hear about you know the Super Bowl rules where you you can't have your church gathering of more than like thirty people, and it can't be on a TV bigger than fifty inches? Like all these stupid rules that you know quote unquote prevent church congregations from getting together to watch the game. Because that would you would think then that that means there must be Super Bowl rule enforcement agents that just go out and about across the country monitoring for any infractions of the rules. Uh, yes, something like that. So if, if Goodell can collect more fines, why not? So here's a, if you want to look ahead for those who are keeping score at home. So next year Fox has the broadcast rights to the Super Bowl. We had somebody else ask, will Brady or Olson be the color guy next year for the Super Bowl? Uh, yes, Tom Brady's heading into a, a signature role here with Fox, and Greg Olson's going to be moved, for those who pay attention to announcers. But then it goes to NBC and Peacock in 2026, ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus in 27, uh, CBS, Paramount Plus in 28. I mean, it just kind of rotates here. Fox, NBC, Peacock, CBS, ABC. It, it's just kind of a consistent rotation here at this point. So, But it does change hands. It does change network hands over the course of time, year after year. I just wonder if at some point beyond 2034, instead of NBC Peacock, it just says Peacock. And I also wonder how Amazon Prime factors into all of this. Oh, for sure. Because they have a football package, they have a setup, and so they don't have any affiliation with any other network like Peacock does with NBC. So how does that factor in? Does, Does the day come in 2028 or whatever it is only on Amazon Prime. Fork over your fifteen bucks, please. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people have Amazon Prime, of course, and who knows where Apple will be with their technology and what they're going to do in that space. That's certainly possible to think. The stuff isn't getting cheaper. The rights are only going to get more expensive. If it's a pay per view event, if the Super Bowl is a pay per view event, what's your threshold? Are you paying for it? Are you saying no? Are you saying I'll limit it to fifty bucks? Like what? 
What are you thinking? Easy answer. If you're hosting the Super Bowl party, and this has always been a thing for me, I've never wanted to host a Super Bowl party just because I don't want 30 people in my house who aren't really watching the game anyway. They're just there to yap, 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 eat my food. Here's the answer. If it's a $30 pay-per-view buy for the Super Bowl, Everyone who comes in your door, five bucks. You're charging your friends to come over to watch if the Super Bowl. If it's a $50 game doing? on my TV and you're going to sit here and watch it for free, give me a couple bucks, chip in. Oh, you, instead of bringing the chips or you know a piece of fruit cake that you want to offer as your peace offering for watching the game, give me a couple bucks for the pay-per-view. Pay-per-view sports. Stuff that has always been just sort of mainstream, available, wherever you'd like, however you'd like. We're trending that direction. That is my fear with all of this, but uh, can't argue with the results from the Super Bowl spread across a variety of different networks, uh, including Nickelodeon. Uh, I had somebody say here on the text line that uh, they hope the presidential election uh, ends up in some way, shape, or form on Nickelodeon, where SpongeBob is explaining, like, you know, how the the votes work, the electoral college votes. Door Explorer explaining how each of the maps breaks down. Like, they, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, I think he's on MSNBC, who's really into the maps on election night. You just have Door Explorer. Do you see DC? Yeah, right. You just slime the losing candidate. Like, just I don't know. Just it's an option. I like it. Why not? Nickelodeon's treatment of the Super Bowl was very entertaining. It got Debbie's, uh, was that your yeah, father? Yeah, um, my father called me at halftime going, what is going on? I don't understand why there are cartoons on my screen. I'm like, Dad, are you watching the Nickelodeon broadcast? He's like, oh, yeah, okay. How did so, he end up on Nickelodeon? I don't know. I think he was just floating through and he just happened to pop on. Oh, look, this is the Super Bowl. Okay, I'll sit and watch this. And he was completely confused. He's like, why are they playing games between plays? I don't understand this. I said, Dad, you wouldn't happen to be wise. Yeah. I said, I've got Tony Romo. I don't know what you're looking at. So. Did he keep it on? Did he find no, it more he entertaining? Flipped, he flipped it over. We changed it, though. We watched Nickelodeon for the game and then switched back to regular for the commercials. Interesting. So that was interesting. fun. Well, you got options these days. No doubt about that. 852-ish on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Oh, look, it's Steve Scafidi. He has joined us here in hey, studio. He's got, uh, what, what color? Is that a beige? It's kind of a beige. Tan? Okay, I'll go with tan. tan. I'm very tan today. I'm in my sort of army. Khaki. It's kind of mute, kind yeah. of muted. Of course, branded as always by Nike. And I'm always looking for that show sponsorship, Nike, if you're interested. Are we ever going to have a pay-per-view Super Bowl exclusively? No. I don't think so either. No. Uh, now, there might be some options that people can have that might would enhance your experience. That would be cool. And some of us might dip into that. Because, I, frankly, I'm bored with the broadcast sometimes. The regular board, the broadcast, look forward to the commercials, all that stuff. But, yeah, maybe. The NFL is genius at promoting their sport. They're, they're the best in the business. So I mean, it's, what, two days after, and we're still here talking about it. They yeah. got us. No, biggest biggest big, audience ever. Yeah, big time. Not, not surprising, right? You spread it across that many networks and that many streaming platforms. You're going to have an audience. Yeah. You just sort of watch how you want to watch. Yeah. Nickelodeon was entertaining. Speaking of entertaining, you are also entertaining. What do you have coming up today? I have uh, two gentlemen talking about politics, which is, as you know, with the big uh, uh, announcement yesterday, is going to be my show, Political right. Power Hour. So we're, I'm going in early. I'm jumping in early. I'm getting the feet into the water. So we're going to have James Wigerson and Dan Schaefer, right side of the aisle. I should go right side of the aisle, left side of the political aisle. So we'll, we'll cover all of our bases and, and talk about what's happening in the state of Wisconsin, certainly the presidential race, the future for conservatives with Donald Trump, 
lots of fun stuff coming up. Are you excited about politics? Are you are you, are you fascinated by the year that will be twenty twenty four? I'm fascinated by the year and what it'll bring. But if if, if you ask me the question, am I fascinated about politics? Like, no, no. I'm not fascinated by politics. No, are politics you... is, it's it's kind of a joke right now. Absurd, isn't it? absurd, isn't it? There is a level of absurdity, and I guess maybe when I was a kid, I just didn't recognize it back in the Reagan days and whatnot. But I don't know if it was as bad then as it is now. But has that has your enthusiasm waned, or is that how you always been? I've never been enthusiastic okay. about politics. All right, I, you, I, where do you think most Americans are on the on the enthusiasm meter when it comes to this this year's race? Um, I think if you were to poll and put a question out, I think a lot of people would look at it and say that's the best we got. Hmm. Well, that's a comment on the candidates, but just your enthusiasm about being. Active, looking up things about the race, the candidates, caring about it, listening to programs that talk about the election. I would say it's 25%, maybe. Do you see that John Stewart was back on the Daily Show? I'm going to play, play a couple minutes of his show, of his open last night on the show today. Great to I, see that. I, I will say this. I think more and more younger voters, I think the information is being put in front of them more. I also think they're a little more interested in finding information than I was when I was in college and in my early 20s. Hmm. I, I cared about politics back then, and this was the 80s. Um, then I kind of got away from it because I you know, was raising young children and I was traveling around the country for work, so that I kind of pushed it aside. And then I got, got those kids raised, and you start to refocus, and you're still in the raising kids part of your life, so you are probably got a lot of other things tugging at you. So I, I get that. I just think this is, this is an incredible year of politics because of, of what we started with, the absurdity of it. It's nuts. It's, it's chaos. It's um, people saying things they don't necessarily believe just for political score political talking points count count how many times you say we've never seen this and then fill in the blank of what this is exactly that's (laughs) that's the amazing thing so i'm fascinated (laughs) that where it is i'm personally fascinated that i get to spend time talking about politics this and don't forget this is of course the most important election of of our our lifetime Mm -hmm. yeah i don't believe that but they're all important steve scavidi is coming up next following the news here on wtmj